Hey beauty, this podcast is a powerful gallery of raw real life stories and the reasons that led these women to reach out to do a boudoir and glamour session and it was created to give voice to my clients, also known as bombshells, to share their beautiful stories as means of inspiration to other women as well. We also talk about body and mind wellness for the modern women with special guests. Welcome to the Bombshell Tells All podcast. I am your host and photographer, Daisy Teixeira, America's number one body image advocate. Hello, beautiful bombshells. This is Daisy Teixeira. I am back with another episode of The Bombshell Tells All, the show. And I have a beautiful, wonderful, amazing guest here today. I know if you are on the VIP group that you're probably waiting on this podcast. Guess who I have here? Danielle Hatfield. Oh my gosh, this woman. This woman has been sharing her journey from beginning to end with us. And we appreciate that you're doing this because you are actually helping the other ladies to understand and to find inspiration for their own session and to see how fun and empowering it is. And we appreciate that so much. So I feel like we know you so much at this point that it is definitely a podcast that people are waiting to listen for quite a while. Thank you for being here, Daniel. I'm super, super excited to have you over today. So Danielle is just a couple months shy of 50 years old. She was born in D.C. but raised in Maryland. However, her whole family is from North Carolina and they love soul food. Currently, Danielle is a registered nurse and also a massage therapist and esthetician. She has a boyfriend of 12 years, pretty much her husband. Uh, that's what I tell her, like, for 12 years, you know, it's just your husband. And they also have uh, three step kids, and those are, you know, a stepdaughter of 18 years old and a twin brothers. Uh, they're actually 25 old boys, but they have autism. So they're most likely really like six-year-old boys. And also one adorable big old named Zeppi. Mm-hmm. Danielle, I appreciate that you're here with us today. I am super excited to listen about you and, and learn more about your experiences and, you know, see what you can share with others. Thank you so much for being here. So thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. I got to see my album. So I was so excited to be here and then to have to do the podcast, which is really cool. So thank you. So are we. We are very, very excited. We are definitely going to be talking about how you felt how when you saw your pictures. But before we dig into any of these, I really, really want to get to know you a little bit more. I mean, I already know, but, um, you know, I really want to introduce you to people that are listening to your podcast today. So I want to go back a little bit on your background. Tell me a fun fact about your childhood. Well, actually, I was a very literal child. So um, around six, I have kind of two stories that example this. My dad, I was an only child, so I think my dad wanted a son. So he taught me how to fish. <laughs> and we were living in Colorado for that year. And he took me to a stocked lake where the fish are already in there. So big rainbow trout. And he got me this fishing pole and it had 
the reel where you push the button and he says, okay. So we put a little cheese on the end because I didn't want to kill a worm to put cheese on it. And he said, okay, you're going to push the button. You're going to pull it back and then you're going to come forward and let it go. Okay. So we're standing on this bridge and I push the button. I pull it back. I pull it forward. And then I let the whole thing go. <laughs> the rod, the reel, everything into the lake. He meant just let go of the button. I let, so very literal. He said, let it go. I let it go. Well, the only reason this water wasn't frozen is because it was moving. It's up in the mountains of Colorado. So my dad tries to go in to get the rod and it's too cold. So he sat there and fished out my rod with his rod. <laughs> and when he pulled it out, there was a six pound rainbow bass on the end of a rainbow trout on the end of my pole. <laughs> so very literal. And then that same year I was in first grade. And we had been living in Maryland and we moved to Colorado for my dad's job. And I was struggling with the school system out there, just the way they did things. And I've always been really smart. I don't have to do homework. Like you tell it to me and I know it. So I would pass like all my tests and everything. And so I wasn't doing my homework. And my mom, the teacher kept sending notes home to my mom and my mom said the one day they they called us down to the school and the principal was like, you know, Danielle's not doing her homework. And they're like, well, she's getting A's on all her tests. And they're like, well, she really needs to do her homework. And so they, I'm sitting there at six and the principal goes, well, why aren't you doing your homework? And I said, well, the point of homework is to practice it so you can learn it. And I already know it. So I have better things to do with my time. And my mom's like, she just pointed to me. She's like, what do I say to that? Because it's the truth. And so we get home and mom's like, if you bring home it, just do your homework. She's like, just do it. Your classwork, your homework. And I'm like, okay, fine. She's like, if you bring home another note from school, don't bother coming home. Right. Well, she just told this to a very literal six-year-old. So a couple of days later, I get a note to bring home from school. And I'm like, my mama said not to come home if I had another note. So we lived in a duplex. So at six years of age, I hid in the crawl space under the house for three days. I could see all the police coming by and I was sneaking into the house when they weren't home to go to the bathroom and to get stuff. And I was very careful at six years of age not to let anybody know that I had been in there and I could see them through the grate. Like I stayed out there for three days under the crawl space in the house. So I sneezed and a police officer heard me that was outside and they pulled me out of there and the police officer in front of my mother is like, why did you run away from home? What are you doing? I said, well, my mama told me if I had another note not to come home, <laughs> not to come home. So of course, like child protective services is like, ma'am, we need to speak with you. Cause they're thinking at this point, like I'm abused or something. And I'm like, no, my mom just told me not to come home if I had another note. So I didn't come home. So yeah, I was a very literal child. Just be very careful what you said to me. Wow, Danielle, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing this. It, it really, you know, it opened up a can of worms right here in my head. <laughs> amazing. And tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Well, so I usually use this whenever I start a new job and they're like, tell me something that we don't know or blah, blah, blah. So when I, I graduated high school when I was 17 and I decided that I wanted to take a year before I went to college. And so I just up and moved to Florida and got a job at Disney World because I love, I'm very imaginative, creative. I like that whole side of it. And I thought a dream job, work at Disney World, right? So I was a cast member as we call it. And I guess it's been 
25, 30 years, 30 years. Yeah. So I think I'm allowed to say what I was at this point because they have like really strict rules. So I was Winnie the Pooh and I did that for about a year. So I was making like minimum, minimum wage and I had rented an apartment in Lake Buena Vista, not realizing that was like the expensive area and then realized I'm going to have to work like 70 hours a week just to afford my rent and eat. So I was, yeah, I worked two jobs at Disney World. I worked at Coke Corner, which wasn't there anymore. And I wore this uh, serving hot dogs in the 100 degree weather in an Aunt Jemima outfit with like nine layers. But and then did Winnie the Pooh as well. So I was working two jobs there. And so didn't have any extra money. I think I lived off of macaroni and cheese and oodles and noodles. And that's before they came in the cups. You actually had to put them in the pot and cook them. But didn't have any money to go do anything. So my day off. Disney World was free. So I have scoured every corner of Disney World there is, which was really great. At the time, though, there was only the the two parks, three parks. They had just opened MGM. So there was Epcot and Magic Kingdom. I mean, of course, now they have Animal Kingdom and all that other stuff. But yeah, so my days off were spent, you know, at Disney. (laughs) So sweet. Thank you. (laughs) And what are some of your guilty pleasures, Danielle? (laughs) My worst is raw cookie dough. There are times where I'm like, I buy raw cookie dough. There is no intention of baking it ever. There's a particular one that I like that has like the chunk chocolate in it, the dark chocolate. And I'll and they come in these little squares and I'll go in and go, I'm just going to have one square. And I'll go in and I'll have one square. And then I'll go in and have another square. I'm going to have another square. And then maybe I'll get two squares. You know, no, I like raw cookie dough, which is not great because I'm a diabetic. But anyway, let's see. Binge watching Netflix. Yeah. Uh, again, this this I guess goes along with the theme that I have no self-control. I'll sit down and go, oh, my new show is out. They've dumped all 12 episodes. I'm just going to watch one. I'm going to watch one a week. You know, I'm going to savor this. And then 12 hours later, okay, well, that season's over. And then I'm Googling, when's the next season? A year? What? You know, they should have an, they should have an option on Netflix when you sign up that says, do you want access to all episodes at the same time or do you want them rationed out for you? <laughs> there needs to be the option on Netflix to ration them out. And then you pick like the every three days or once a week type thing. And then my last thing, I guess, comes from being Southern sweet tea. So we call that the house wine of the South. There is always sweet tea in my refrigerator. That's one of the first things I learned how to make. My grandmother taught me how to make sweet tea. And so there's always sweet tea. And when McDonald's came out with sweet tea, I was like, oh, oh my God, sweet tea, you know? So, but I will tell you that I'm a sweet tea snob. So sometimes I'll go to McDonald's, I'm like, who made this? It's so bitter. Like they let it steep too long or it's not sweet enough. And I'm like, they call this sweet. So sweet tea, that's, that's my other. And of course it doesn't help because I'm diabetic, but you know, hey, Okay. Yes. I mean, I think uh, as long as you have control, I think you can kind of sneak, sneaking a little bit, don't you? I mean, tell me the truth. I don't have control. We just determined this. I have no self-control. I have instant gratification. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's okay. Danielle, I want to know what makes you feel sexy. Oh goodness. Okay. So heels. Not that I can walk very far in them, but heels and a great push-up bra. So if the girls are up and they're happy, then yeah, that, that it makes me feel sexy. Doing my hair, doing my makeup, that sort of thing. But yeah, heels and a great push-up bra. I don't blame you. Those are <laughs> definitely something that makes you feel sexy, especially like when you're 
you just want to dress up for the day or just, you know, just go out for a little. Or if you want to do a boudoir session, I remember all the heels you brought. Oh, my gosh. They are <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Beautiful. And I love that you share all those findings with our group because it definitely helped other people. They actually went by and oh, good. with your suggestions, too. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And what keeps you up at night? What worries do you have? Okay, well, the first thing that keeps me up at night is my husband snoring and his sleep eating and his sleepwalking. But other than that, and his TV on 60, because he's definitely had the TV on all night long. But those those things I can I kind of work around. Worries. So I guess his health, my health, we have, you know, issues that we're dealing with now that we're in our 50s. I think one of the biggest things both of us is what the future holds for his sons, my stepson's with them being autistic, you know, they're they're 25, they do a day program, but like what happens if something happens to him or to me or to their mom, you know, they're never, their, their level of autism is so great that they will never live on their own. Even having a job might be incredibly difficult. So it's like trying to find purpose for them in their daily life and what's going to happen when we're not around. You know, they have a sister, but, you know, you can't put that responsibility off on her, have siblings so that they can be baggage that you have to deal with. That's not fair. So that, you know, and there's not a lot of resources. The resources that are out there are very thin. They're very limited. They're very strict. Um, That's actually one of the reasons why Jim and I aren't actually married, because if we got married, then they would lose a lot of their benefits, which is not a lot to begin with. So We've kind of had to adjust that because of that. And then am I ever going to be able to pay off my student loans? I think I'm going to be working at Walmart when I'm 95 as a greeter just to be paying off my student loans. So, yeah, they're still sitting there. And I was I was really had my fingers crossed that, you know, this administration was going to do something. But the news came out yesterday that they're not going to do what they said they were going to do. And so, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, so. That's that's always kind of looming over my head. I think I'm going to move to a foreign country. Okay. Daniel, share with us a defining pivotal moment in your life. Oh, well, I'm 50, so there's been a lot. But we'll talk about the most recent one. So I was working as an esthetician and a massage therapist at a resort spa. I'd been there for like six years and had great clientele. And so a lot of people don't realize this, but like hairstylists, estheticians, cosmetologists, all of that as massage therapists work on commission and work on commission and tips. And it used to be that commission was usually like 50, 50. So like if you were paying a hundred dollars for a facial, the esthetician was getting 50. And then out of that, they would have to pay what was called a back bar. So all the products that they use during your service, there would be like a five or $10 back bar charge. So they might get like $40 out of that service plus whatever you tip them which is still really good money. But then the industry started doing 40% commission and then 30. So 35 to 40% commission is usually the standard now plus a back bar. So I was doing really well. I worked in a resort, had clientele, a clientele that would come all the way from New York City every month to see me. And then they were buying the skincare products I was recommending. So you get a small commission off of that. And they were tipping in cash. And so I was doing really well. And, you know, you only have so many time slots a day. You can't fit in more people. So it's not like if I wanted to make more money, I could fit in more people. My slots were full. And the economy, all of a sudden, it was probably about 11, 12 years ago. Remember, the economy just literally tanked overnight. 
like it was in August, September, I forget what year, and it just tanked. And then all of a sudden, my books weren't full anymore. People weren't coming as often. They were tipping on credit card, which means it went into my paycheck, which got taxed. And they, you know, so I went literally within a month and a half, like everybody in the spa was affected, basically making half of what I was making. So just imagine all of a sudden your your salary being cut in half. And it wasn't looking like it was going to get any better anytime soon. So I literally sat there and I said, I'm, I'm 38 at the time. I was like, I need a better career, <laughs> something that's, you know, more stable, that's going to take me through work until I'm 95. So I said, you know what? I want to be a nurse. Like literally just said at lunchtime one day, I said, I think I'm going to be a nurse. Came home. I told my boyfriend, I said, I'm going to be a nurse. He was like, you just decided you're going to be a nurse. I'm like, yep, I'm going to go to nursing school. I'm still going to work full time. So I went and talked to the uh, school and they said, well, you need 24 credits before this was like in August. They said, you need 24 credits before January to apply for the nursing programs to start the following year. It's very competitive. So you need like a 4.0 average. I'm like, okay, so how am I going to do 24 credits, which for anybody who knows that's a full year's worth of college in one semester and work full time. So I found a college, an online college, and this back 11 years ago, online colleges were not that easy to find. It was online because they served, they were next to a military base. And so they had a lot of military and they did six week condensed courses instead of 15 weeks. And I did 24 credits in one semester, maintained a 4.0 average and worked full-time. Applied to nursing school. I applied to six nursing schools and I got into all of them. So then I started nursing school full-time. I started in that summer. We had like pre-work we had to do. It took me two years. I got my associate's degree and then got a job in nursing, in nursing field. And then got my, did my bachelor's degree online. So RN to BSN. I did that in two years, got divorced at the same time. I'd already been separated for many years, but we hadn't done the actual divorce thing. And then I took a little six month break and then I did my, my MBA, my master's in healthcare administration and management. So in nine years, I went from no degree to an MBA. So I learned how to live off of three hours of sleep and I had never drank, really drank coffee before. So in nursing school, in clinicals and stuff, you can't have any liquids out on the floor or anything. And as a nurse, you don't have time to go to the break room to drink coffee. And if you drink the coffee, then you got to go pee. So you don't have time for that either. So I started eating chocolate covered coffee beans because they have like the highest caffeine content. And then I just started eating raw coffee beans. I keep them in my pocket and just eat them. They, yeah, it takes out the middleman. You don't have to pee. You get all the caffeine out of it and they're portable, you know? So yeah, that's what kind of got me through. But yeah, I actually lived out of a hotel three days a week because my school that I went to was so far from where I was living. And my clinicals were at like four in the morning, five in the morning. And I wouldn't get home from like my work until like, so I was just like three days a week. I lived out of a hotel, which is easier. So yeah, I think about that now, even though that was only like 10, 11 years ago, I'm like, I don't think I could do that now. I am too tired. As my daughter's constantly going, go back and get your NP or get your MD or get your, you know, and I'm like, I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> Just don't have it. I'm like, that was my one burst and that was it. Wow. But that is a big, big accomplishment. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, this is definitely a beautiful experience there that you, ex you had. Okay. Danielle, I am enjoying so much to learn all your experiences and all this sharing of the, the valuable things that helped you to get where you are. 
And with that being said, do you have a motto or a favorite quote to share with us? So yeah, I actually have two. So this one I actually had at the bottom of my business card when I was in nursing school. A successful person is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks others have thrown at them. So a lot of times we can play victim very easily. The, the I can't, I can't do this because of that, or I can't do that, or I have this, or I have that. All of that defines who you are. What makes a difference is how you use that. So I use that to lay a foundation. So that foundation could come from when I say others with the bricks that others have thrown at you. So, you know, we all had relationships in our life that weren't good. And so you take that knowledge and instead of building a wall that, that closes you in, you actually build that wall to make something new or to get up on top of that wall. Okay. To stand at the top of the wall. So yeah, I mean, I have, I have, I've had fibromyalgia for 20 years. I have diabetes this last year. I was just diagnosed with glaucoma. Like, so my house is falling apart, but (laughs) so, you know, I have, you know, all kinds of things that have happened in my personal life, but instead of being, allowing those bricks to be piled on top of me and hold me down, I use them to build a foundation for me to stand on. So that's where I say, you know, the bricks that other people throw at you, use them wisely, you know? Yeah. They're going to hurt when they hit you, but then pick them up and build something with it. Don't let them lay there. So that's my first one. My second one, this one is one that I used to have on my very first, I had postcards, kind of made up cards that I would give to the other nurses on my team when I became a manager to remind them. So too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest accomplishment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential to turn a life around. So we go through our daily lives. And we don't realize that just the smallest thing can greatly impact another person, whether it be positive or negative, you know? So if we try to make sure that we're doing that smallest act of caring, we may not see the results from that, but that can have a ripple effect. So, you know, your basic um, example is if you've ever been in line at Starbucks and you get up there and they go, oh, the car in front of you paid for you. Oh, nice. That's kind of cool. You know, then of course you feel obligated to pay for the person behind you until you find out that they aren't ordered for the entire office and the $65. So yeah, just my, my motto of that is I try at least once a day to do something unexpected, even if it's very small. So if I'm out and about and I'm shopping and I see, you know, a salesperson or whatever, and her nails are gorgeous or she's got gorgeous eyes or I really love her outfit or her purse. I will make a comment. I will tell her or tell him or whatever, because you don't know, maybe they're having a really crappy day. Maybe the last customer they had was a complete asshat. So, you know, and so you may, you may turn that day around or whatever. So just something small. So I try to do something small every day. Okay. Danielle, I really want to talk to you about the boudoir glamour experience what what it, what was your takeaway from this whole thing like i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast you blow me away about how you shared all your experience and people were really excited like to hear your findings the things that you were researching and also all the videos that you posted like literally literally you were posting very 
frequently, like pretty much almost every week. And it was very, very fun and engaging and encouraging for other people. I loved seeing all your commitment to this project. I really, really loved it so much. I really hope that doesn't stop even after the session. But for now, I really want to know from you, how was that? So first of all, why did you decide to do a boudoir session? What was your main reason? Well, so when I started uh, nursing school at 38, I was in the middle of deciding to go through a divorce And so I was trying to reinvent myself, I guess. I had kind of gotten into a rut. I'd been married for like 18 years. And the previous 10 years had literally been like roommates, basically. I'm a very outgoing person. He was a very much introvert. So when I went to nursing school, I made all these friends, like made all these friends. And I made one really close friend and he and I studied together all the time. I was turning 40 while I was in nursing school. And he said, you know, have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? I'm like, no, never done that. No, never done. You know, he's like, you need a list. You need a bucket list. And I said, okay. He's like, you need to try something new every month for the entire year of your 40th year. He said, it doesn't have to be big. Just make something small. So like I had never had sushi. So that was something I put on there. I'd never been rock climbing. So that was something I put on there. Well, one of the things that I had put on there was to do a boudoir session. And my dad was a photographer one of his many skills. And so I had grown up, I mean, I have volumes of baby books. Like if he was bored, we had baby pictures, (laughs) volumes. So I grew up, you know, with photography. I love photography. I do it on my own. And so boudoir session was always always on there. And I think what was kind of holding me back, it kept getting put on my new list every year. It was always added to my, because there were some big things on there I just couldn't afford. One was a cruise to Alaska. So I ended up doing that. It took me a couple of years. So things get rolled over that don't happen. So I do a new list every year. But I make sure there's at least five or six small things on there. So at least I do something. So boudoir has already been on my list for 10 years. And I'm like, I'm almost 50. And I looked a couple of times. And my problem was when I looked is I didn't see a lot of plus size women. I saw, you know, all these websites that do boudoir And it was all the thin women, you know, and I have nothing against thin women. I love you guys, but I, I want to see what it's going to look like for me, you know, and angles are very important. (laughs) So if you get someone who hasn't had a lot of experience with a plus size person, they do not come out well. It, oh, it's bad. It's really bad. (laughs) And I didn't want to go through all of that work and then be like, ew. You know, I don't want to show these to anybody. I don't want to buy these. So I had looked for a long time and looked for a long time. And then Daisy popped up. I don't even remember how. Must have been on Facebook or something. I don't know. And I went and I looked. I was like, she's got a plus size girl on there. Look at that. You know, I should look good. It's like, so I started looking at all the pictures. I'm like, hmm. And she's local. And she's not asking me to go to a hotel room because there's been some that are like, well, yeah, we're going to go to a hotel room. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't know who you are. And I'm not getting naked in front of you in a hotel room. So no, <laughs> you know, so, and then, you know, money, you know, it's, when you're paying for something that is an artwork and that's someone's skill, it's not going to be cheap. If you find someone who's cheap, it's more likely you're not going to get what you want. So uh, that was a money issue as well. So I had saved up some money or whatever. So then I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so she had this contest 
like the love yourself something something and so I sent a little email and I applied and so and she like replied right back and we had a phone conversation I was like yes yes this feels good this feels right let me go see and da 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 so when I decide to do something there's no stopping me <laughs> when it's like you know, when you said it was like my project yes I go full force 100% you know headstrong into anything that if I decide I'm going to do it I do it except losing weight just love food too much. And I don't like exercise. So there you go. But everything else, if I put my mind to it, it will get done, you know. So that's why it was on my bucket list. And it was something and I wanted as a surprise for my boyfriend as well. So he's going to see the albums tonight for the first time. So sweet. Wow. I really wish I was a fly on the wall to see his <laughs> reaction because he did such a good job hiding it. There's no clue. He has no clue at all what's coming to hit him. So <laughs> I'm sure you'll be amazing. And that's the beauty about doing a session for yourself. First of all, mm -hmm. it's for yourself. Yes. And with that being said, what was your favorite part of the session? Oh, well, so it's not just the session. That That's the thing that I think people need to understand that the experience starts when you decide to do the session. There's a lot to be done before the session. So I kind of equate it to baking a cake, right? You got to have the right ingredients. You got to have a plan. You got to put them all together. You got to bake it. And then the best part is you get to eat it at the end. So I find that, you know, eating a store-bought cake, it's not the same as the one that you've cooked yourself, that you've shopped for the ingredients, you put them together and, you know, you've made that cake and then you, you eat it whether it's good or not. <laughs> but I find it so much more rewarding or it, it just tastes better it, than a store-bought cake. Okay. So it's the whole process. So I enjoyed the, the shopping, like, I really hadn't shopped for a lot of lingerie. Occasionally I would run across a piece. I'm like, woohoo, you know, this is nice, so on and so forth. This is not something that you wear every day. At least I don't. <laughs> so the shopping was fun. I love shopping anyway. But looking for trying to find, you know, plus size pieces that were not black or white. It seems like for plus size, that's all there is. And the occasional day glow yellow. But so trying to find new places and then ordering stuff. And then, you know, I'd order like nine things and like only two would fit. But so that was the fun parts. And now that you have officially become a bombshell with me, because, you know, um, after you do your session, you officially put your picture on the wall, on the bombshell wall. I want to know from you, tell me with your own words, what does the word bombshell mean to you? It means the courage to capture your inner beauty and confidence and inspire others to do the same. I love that. I love that. This is how I strive for, to show people the beautiful women that they are. And, you know, having you here it definitely helps to send that message. <laughs> and what was your number one takeaway from that experience, Danielle? So many women, especially plus size women, have very low self-confidence. And so I've always strived to be confident. It wasn't really anything that anybody tried to instill in me. I think it was just my personality, but it literally is the best and most attractive quality that you can have beyond any look. Okay. So confidence, it never sags, it never wrinkles, it never gets old. And I think the pictures are just a validation of that confidence and the physical proof for others to see, including yourself. Self-confidence doesn't cost you anything. And yeah, are there days where I do not feel self-confident? Absolutely. But you know what? You can fake self-confidence <laughs> if you need to. So 
And when you actually start to like bolster yourself. And so I have kind of the attitude, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I really don't. Now, granted, can someone come up and say something to me that's going to hurt my feelings? If you let it, I let it hit me for 2.2 seconds. I take that brick and I lay it under my feet. So self-confidence, I think. And so it's funny, a lot of times, always being a plus size person, a plus size girl, there's been a lot of guys that I've gotten boyfriends that are just drop dead gorgeous. Like, and you'll get the questions like, how is she with him? Do you know what? How am I with him? Is because it has nothing to do with how I look on the outside. It is my personality. It is my self-confidence. Yeah, I can have a bubbly personality and be funny. But if I still don't have the self-confidence, it's not as attractive. So that self-confidence is like, it is the key. It is the secret to, because you've, you've all met somebody who is gorgeous by society standards. And they are just an ugly person on the inside. Just ugly, ugly, negative, whatever you want to call it. You know, they could be gorgeous. Nobody wants to be around them or they'll fake being around them. But then you meet the other person over there who is quirky, doesn't have the typical what you would consider society to be beautiful, but they've got this self-confidence. They walk into the room like they own it and not arrogance, but just like I'm here. I don't care what you think of me. I'm here for me. That is probably the most attractive feature that a person can have. And I guess I've just been kind of blessed with that mentality. But yeah, there's days where I'm like, you know, look in the mirror and I'm like, oh God, do your hair, do something terrible, you know, but I'll still go to the store and I still walk around Walmart like I look like the bomb, but I don't. So you know, that's self-confidence that right there. And it doesn't cost you a penny. You just have to make sure you, you take care of it and you, and you use it frequently. But like I said, you can fake it too. You can fake the self-confidence. It just takes a little practice. It's funny that you mentioning this because I, I, one of the jokes I do with the ladies while I'm, while I'm photographing them is like, okay, now I need a beautiful Julia Roberts smile. So if you have to fake it, it's okay. So fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, it just become natural. <laughs> and I love your definition of confidence because this is one of the sayings that I have on my emails. It says confidence is the sexiest thing a woman can wear. Really, like listen to that again. Confidence is the sexiest thing a woman can wear. There's nothing else. It's not how you look on the outside. Of course, you have to still take care of the house. You have to. But who is inside is really what is going to make the difference. So thank you for that. It's really, really inspiring. What advice would you give to yourself, Danielle? Hmm. Find your joy and keep changing and growing. Like, I think we become stagnant. We get into ruts. We get into routines. And... I think it it kind of dulls us down. I think the the changing and the growing are what keep us young in our minds. And so, and finding joy, what brings your joy? And, you know, nowadays, rarely do we get into fields or professions that bring us joy. But even if we do, a lot of times they're so convoluted that it it, it squashes that joy. <laughs> but so our jobs typically are not our joy. If you do have that, that's awesome. So you're going to have to find your joy somewhere else. And you have to find your joy, you know, if there's a hobby that you like to do or, you know, whatever it is and, and do that, do it on the side, do whatever, you know. So 
And then just know that you're constantly changing. You're constantly changing. So one of the things that friend circles, we live so much longer now. You know, we live into our 80s. All the women on my side of the family live to be at least 102. So I'm only halfway done with my life. <laughs> and my friend circles that I had in my 20s and my friend circles I had in my 30s or even my 40s are not the same because I have changed. They have changed. And so a lot of times building relationships is hard, you know. So trying to find friends that are in your same space that you're in at that time is difficult because we go to work. You know, we have families, you know, and and work people, you're just kind of thrown in with whoever's there. For some people who are religious, they go to church or they have volunteer groups that they do or they go to the gym or, you know, whatever your thing is. But finding other people who are in the same space that complement your personality is very difficult. And since you're constantly changing, your your friend circles change. And sometimes your friend circle is really, really small. So I think that's something that our society is lacking. So I would tell myself, you know, building friendships and having that friend circle is important. And it's not going to be something that you do one time and whew, you're done. I mean, you may have life, life, lifelong friends, and that's great if you do. But you're going to have a lot of acquaintances. So I think you need to work you actually actively have to work on that. People are just, your best friends aren't going to drop from the sky. <laughs> Unfortunately, you've got to find them and, you know, enjoy that time that you have before you both change and you drift apart in different points in your life or whatever. So like right now I've got essentially grown kids, but all of my friends are like 10 years younger than me and they've got little kids. So when I go, Hey, let's go to the winery this weekend or let's, Hey, you want to come over for a drink tonight? Or you want to go, Oh, I got kids. You know, like, Oh damn. I don't have anybody that's my age. I also don't look 50 and I don't feel 50. I don't act 50. So my problem is, is like trying to fit into their lifestyles are a little different. But um, so yeah, so find your joy, keep changing, keep growing and constantly be upgrading and changing your friend circle. That's amazing. Uh, actually, we, as we are approaching the end of the month, we are going to do our very first hangout. And I am very excited for you ladies to get to, to meet each other. I see a lot of people friending each other on Facebook at this point, and they all have met uh, the group. And the hangout is actually exactly for you ladies to meet each other in person. I'm sure a lot of beautiful friendships are coming up after this one and i'm sure also that we are going to be doing more this is just the first one and this is going to definitely bring some light and why not how fun that would that would be like how how did you ladies meet up like how did you like in the future whenever you're telling your story about your friendship and you'll be like oh yes we met in this group <laughs> we all got naked and had pictures taken in lingerie just not at the same time <laughs> Danielle, I'm so sad. As we are approaching the end of our interview, I can I feel like we could be here talking for hours. I definitely have the vibe with you where we can talk about anything, and you know, if we don't keep an eye on the <laughs> on the clock, <laughs> we can keep going and going. I know this is going to be a long interview, but anyway, so we are approaching the crown forge. This is a question that you are going to be asking for the next bombshell. But before that, I would love to, to ask you the question that our previous bombshell has left here for you. So our previous bombshell, Diana, has asked for you, Danielle, what is your greatest achievement in your life so far? 
So I guess my greatest achievement was literally at 38, deciding to change my entire career, my entire life. So, you know, I I went back to school and, you know, I've been all the way through my MBA at the same time, got divorced, went into a new relationship. And then I think the other kind of piece of that is I didn't have any kids with my previous husband. So I got instant family. And so my stepdaughter, Lydia, she came into my life when she was six and she just turned 18. So I pretty much, you know, I've molded and molded that little thing into a little mini me. (laughs) So she's turned out to be a great kid. And so I think that whole, that pivotal at 38, so just deciding to completely 180 my life all at once. (laughs) So those were the, the achievements that I got out of that. And those are beautiful achievements. And which question would you like to ask for our next guest or our next bombshell? So it kind of goes along the themes of my bucket list. So what is the one thing you have always been afraid to do, but really want to do it? I love it. And I can't wait for our next bombshell to answer that question for you. Yeah, because whoever it is is then going to have to do it. So just so they know, they might want to think about that. They say skydiving, then they're going to have to do it. Lovely. Be careful with your answers then. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That was such a beautiful, beautiful interview over here. I really enjoyed having you over here, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing everything, like all those beautiful insights and stories in your life. They definitely helped me today. I, I feel empowered just by listening to you from learning by learning from you. So thank you so, so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been great. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Danielle. It was very, very inspiring, very meaningful. And I cannot wait to have you back again here because I'm sure there is so much that we can learn from you. This is just like the tip of the iceberg. And for all our bombshells and listeners out there, thank you for listening. And we see you again on the next episode of The Bombshell Tells All, the show. Bye. Bye. Ladies, thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please don't forget to share the positivity and love with your friends by subscribing and sharing this message so we can continue producing more content for you. And remember, self-love starts within. I am your host and photographer, Daisy Teixeira, with The Bombshell Tells All, the show.